Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. All right, everybody, what is going on? It's the first 77 WABC podcast with your boy MD. I got my guy Philip to my left. I'm not going to even try to pronounce your last name, Philip. Best you don't. Save yourself with the embarrassment and save myself of it, too. Phillip's my NBA guy here, so today we'll be uh, talking about the NBA playoffs. We'll go through every series. We'll give you picks. We'll give you some bets I like. Just a quick update. Obviously, MD Fantasy is dead. I have been bought out by 77 WABC Sports. So um, the name on Instagram has changed. The Twitter has changed. And all content is now under the 77 WABC umbrella. But I will be running the page. I'll be creating the content. So same same spiel as always, but now just called 77 WABC Sports. Um, we're going to jump in. Let's jump right into it, Phil. NBA, two play-in games last night. Did you watch them? I fell asleep. I mean, got to wake up super today. early. You didn't miss much. First, do you, do you like the NBA, like the play-in games? Do you like the idea? Yeah, I love the idea. It's so much better than the, the classic one versus eight. I mean, that's something like exciting, even with the Nets, how they were, you know, uh, like, contender before the season started and now they ended up being in the playing game it makes it exciting to see if they're even going to make the playoffs and it's a it's a tough you know both one and two didn't want to play the Nets coming into it the Heat and Celtics neither of them wanted to play the Nets both of them wanted to play you know the leftover but now they're stuck with the Nets and, and that's that's the playing game it's exciting it is and you're right it seemed like Milwaukee last game of the season they sat they sat the house to avoid getting that two seed now, the Celtics get that two seed. They're lined up with Brooklyn. We'll get into that series shortly. Yesterday, playing games, Hawks beat the Hornets 132-103. to 103. Pelicans beat the Spurs 113-103. to 103. My guy Arberger had the Spurs plus 5.5. Quick loss for me. Now, um, that sets up for two games on Friday. Hawks at Cleveland and Pelicans at Clippers. Atlanta actually the favorite in that game, minus 2.5. Clippers, four-point favorites. A lot of injury implications in this one, but before we get into the injury implications, do you have any early picks? For, for Let's start with the Cavs and the Hawks. Yeah, I think it, it depends. You know, Jared Allen's still questionable, and I think if Jared Allen plays, I think I have an easy Cavs win. Easy. It's, probably, it's probably a good bet to bet on it now, you know, with the 50-50 shot of him even playing. Even without him, you saw what they did against Brooklyn in the second half. They came back, and they had a great second half. Darius Garland is proving himself to be a star, so Last, they, have, they have a solid chance. The last update on Allen is 50-50 chance he will play in the do-or-die game. So it sounds like he's close. Yeah, 50-50 on plus money isn't bad. Even without him, I still think they have a, a very, very solid chance of winning that game. What about Pelicans, Clippers? Last we heard from Kawhi Leonard was he's still not progressed beyond he's not playing. 
individual workouts and hasn't he's, even gone through three on three. He's work. he's not this year is cooked for Kawhi Leonard. He's not playing this year. Have zero expectations, even unless the Clippers make some wild run to the conference final. He's he's still not probably going to play. And then the other news at a Pelicans injury land, Zion Williamson was able to take part in a quotation controlled scrimmage, whatever that means. Uh, Williamson is out with a broken foot right now, but he has been getting some full court work in. Yeah, he's he's also busting out 360 dunks before the game. But again, doesn't matter. It's all charades at this point. He's not playing this year. He's not Wait until next year. year. Okay. I wouldn't expect it. So both are out. Um, regardless of who wins these games, the winner will play the Heat and the Suns. Let's start in the Eastern Conference. You like the Cavs to win. They were then going into Miami. The number one seed, 53 wins this year for Miami. They just quietly seem like they always go under the table, always go under the radar. It doesn't seem like many teams are really picking them, or many people are picking them to make a run this year. Do either of these eight seeds have a chance against Miami? Well, yeah, of, of course. I think the Atlanta Hawks are such a weird team because they, they're like the most Jekyll and Hyde team in the entire NBA. They, they play great against good teams, and they play horrible against bad teams. They just have crazy 20-point losses to some horrible teams. But again, they'll beat contenders on a good night, so it's kind of hard to predict. I mean, I think they've played so great so far against the Heat this year in the, in the couple games they've played. And I think they have a solid chance, but not as good of a chance, I think, as the Cavaliers. If Jared Allen is healthy, the Cavaliers were the third seed for most of the season. They were one of the better teams. And then with a Jared Allen injury, with an Evan Mobley injury back-to-back, both crossing over for a little bit, Darius Garland had very little, little help uh, defensively. Both of his starting big men were out, and they ended up falling out to the standings. I think... The Heat, I think, are slept on a little bit in terms of real contenders. I think they have the opportunity to be a real contender. But the Cavaliers are a very solid team with Jared Allen. And if he ends up coming in to that series, if they even make it that far, I think they have a solid chance of knocking them off. Cavs went 1-1 one one versus Miami this year. Who do you think has the best player? Let's say the Hawks win. Is Trey Young the best player in that series? Yeah, but yeah. And what about in Cleveland? Oh, wait, with the in, in the playing series or... In in versus Miami. Oh, I don't know. Jimmy Jimmy Butler is really really good, and I'm I'm a huge Jimmy Butler advocate. I think Jimmy Butler is like a borderline top ten player. Trey Young as well. I think they're both in that same tier. But in the playoffs, we saw what Trey Young became last year, and obviously Jimmy Butler's playoff resume speaks for itself. We saw him back in Philly. He had a great playoff run with them when they got knocked off by the Raptors in 2019. Regardless, he was one of the best players in the league in the playoffs that year. Uh, 2020 in the bubble. He was, you know, arguably the bubble MVP. So he he's fantastic. Trey Young, what he did last year to get to the conference finals was fantastic. Both those guys, I think, are fighting for that Took spot. Took a steaming hot dump on the Knicks in the playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, everyone. It's fair that anyone could take a steaming hot dump on the Knicks at any given time. It's an embarrassment of a franchise. Come on now. I mean, it is, but um, they, they, you're gonna contest it. They're still saying fuck Trey Young at Yankees games. I it's like, that. dude, get over it. Pathetic. Get out. Get over it. It was a Death first round playoff series. Get over it. Dusted. After Julius fell on his face, it's ne- he's never been the same since yeah, that yeah. series. Yeah, he, he dusted your superstar. Yeah. Um, so it seems like whoever comes out as the 8th seed in the East at least could make it interesting. As for the West, whoever wins that Pelicans-Clippers series, yeah, I don't think they're, they have they're, it. they're fighting. You know, Pat Beverly's uh, – not Pat Beverly, sorry. Uh, he was jumping on a score table. He's lu- he's doing that because he's lucky that he didn't have to play, uh, play the, the – 
Suns in the first round. Because if he did, that would be just a complete sham. At least he knows he's going to play more than four games. Whoever's playing the Suns is going to get creamed in four games. Suns, 64 wins this year. That led the NBA by eight games. Yeah, and they were also in the finals last year. It's, it's a team that has proven since they got in Chris Paul that they are a serious contender. And Chris has played great. He missed some time. Devin has had another great season. Yeah, and the thing is, too, Chris Paul missed time, but he came back and has been playing like prime Chris Paul. You know, at that little body at 35 years old, he's still managing to put up, you know, 16 assist games after the injury. He's, he's, I, he, he's, you know, unbelievable. I'd like to see Chris get one. Seems like that's the last thing he needs to check. He, off. He's that guy. You know, there, there's some guys in the league where everyone's rooting for to get one. I think Melo's in that range. You know, but I think Chris Paul, he's earned it. He's still in his, not in his prime, but he's still playing like a top 15 player in the NBA. So I think it'd be, it'd be cool to see him win one. I was just going to ask you if if he did win, do you think he any chance he retires? Nah, he uh, still got more in the tank. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, let's jump into the round one games that we know right now. Let's start with the first game. Tip tip off officially of the one to eight seed starts Saturday. Jazz and Mavericks. Jazz minus three twenty five. Obviously, Luka Doncic most likely not going to play this one after hurting his calf the last game of the season. Last we heard from Dallas is that they confirmed he has a left calf strain and he's begun treatment. That was on Tuesday, and there is no set timetable for his return. Do you expect to see any Luka in this? Based on the odds, it seems like Vegas isn't. Yeah, well, I mean, they saw him walking around in a, in a walking boot. That's not a good sign at all. I, if if I'm a Dallas fan, you know, I'm sweating buckets right now because why, why do you want to see your superstar walking around in a walking boot? The The thing is, though, the good thing is optimism for, the, for Dallas is that the Jazz have been notorious for crumbling as of recently, towards the end of the season, they have chemistry issues with Rudy Gobert, you know, barely getting any touches on offense despite being the most efficient big man in the entire NBA for the last X amount of years. He doesn't even get to see the ball on offense. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's been having a rough stretch recently. They're having a bit of an identity crisis recently, and Dallas is one of those teams that's super deep that could make a push even without Luka. With Utah this year, you know, how they looked towards the end of the season. They started out like world beaters. Rudy Gobert got hurt. Their defense is horrible without him. The minute he gets off the court, you know, they're lost on defense. And Dallas is a super high-powered offense, so anything could happen there. I think the odds are definitely favoring that Luka's not going to play. And I think without Luka, I think the the chips are definitely on Utah's court. And I think they deserve to be the favorites. However, nothing is out of range here. I think Dallas could win it without him. Why do you think there is? Is there a feud maybe between Mitchell and Gobert? I actually saw a stat, and I think you might have put it on your Twitter, that Donovan Mitchell has passed the ball more times to Joe Ingles, who's out yeah. and has been out for like two months, well, did, than Rudy Gobert. Why yeah, is that? <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he got traded at the deadline. He hasn't been on the team for two months, and he's been injured for bef- even before that. It's it's wild to me that it I, an even crazier stat is that Donovan Mitchell, the the leading ball handler, the highest usage guy on the team, averages two passes a game to Rudy Gobert. Not assists, two passes at an entire game to Rudy Gobert, who's the fundamental big man, one of the best role men in the entire NBA. It seems like Rudy has, in the public at least, coming from like a public perspective, people side with Mitchell. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Rudy. Rudy's a you know a tall, flamboyant big man. It's why and he's not an offensive guy. You know he he's loved by stat guys. I'll, I'll say that stat guys love him. So the casual uh, audience tends to hate him. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of them, you know, you, Donovan Mitchell is is a fun scorer. He dunks on people. He pulls up from thirty. Step back threes. He's a fun guy to watch. Rudy Gobert, you know, has averages fourteen a game off. Mostly lobs and mostly rolling. Doesn't really post up very much. Not a very exciting player to watch. One of the best defenders of our generation, let alone the league right now. But he's not very exciting. So a lot of people tend to side with the guy who's known as a bucket. Who would you rather have if you're building a team? Well, Donovan Mitchell's much younger. So it's, it's fair to go with him. What about for one year? I think Rudy Gobert's better. Interesting. I, th- I think flat out Rudy Gobert... Not many players do what he does anymore. It's there's very few players in the league who are flat out alterers on defense. You know the the team the defense is I I think something like 28th without him and like top 10 with him. Just one guy managing managing to alter the defense so much. There's very few guys in the league who's done that, and that's why he's tied for the third most defensive player of the years in history. Uh, Long story short, you're picking Utah. Yeah, I'm picking Utah. I'm picking Utah as well. It just seems like I, as as much as I kind of want to take Dallas, the odds are really begging you. They're to fun. Take them. They're a fun team, and it's gonna be fun to watch them. You know, even ever since they got rid of Porzingis, their offense looked so much better. Dinwiddie has been a great addition. Is Dinwiddie to team. better than Porzingis? Flat out, he might be now. Honestly, Porzingis he might be now. Pathetic. I, I I just gave you an alley oop for for uh, Porzingis slander. I, I knew I was waiting for. I said his name, and your eyes lit up. I just hate that guy more no, than anything. As a as a Knicks fan, I could understand why. It's, yeah, he's he's an abomination. You, and Knicks fans have a lot of players to hate historically. Listen, I'm, <laughs> I'm on that wagon of hating every Knicks player too. I got you. Pathetic franchise. Moving along to the next game, I'm actually sorry. The next series, I'm actually excited for this one. Timberwolves, Memphis, Memphis, pretty much the surprise team of the NBA. They had the second most wins in the NBA, 56 wins. What a season it was for them. Everyone likes the highlight. Ja Morant, Ja Morant, great player. But without Ja Morant this year, Memphis went 20-5, and five, and they actually started 20-2. and two. Why is Memphis having so much success without Ja? They're just such a well, well-oiled machine. I mean, it, we saw a game. They played Phoenix, the best team in the entire NBA, a couple weeks ago. Phoenix without Ja, without Jaron Jackson, without Desmond Bain, without Steven Adams. Four of their... Five starters, four of their best players, and they smoked the healthy. They were. Bo- I knew that Bain and Jaw were out. I didn't realize that Adams and Jackson and Jackson. Were out. All wow. four of them were out, and they won by double digits against the best team in the league. How are they well coached? What is it? I think Taylor Jenkins is doing a fantastic job coaching. I think they're super deep. All their guys know their roles, which is a very important part when it comes to the playoffs. Is knowing your roles. You don't have guys hopping out of place. Trying new things out. They're very deep. Tyus Jones is a fantastic backup point guard. In John Morant's wake has been ended up, you know, they, they end up going what twenty and two without him, something like that. Some some crazy record without him. Obviously, this team could win without their star. We had this conversation earlier this season where uh, where you were talking about how John Morant's your MVP pick, and I was like, listen, this team is really good without him. And we saw it when he got injured down the stretch how good they were without him. Yeah, my girlfriend bullied me into taking that bet. We actually went to the Nets game when they played Memphis, and we. We just both fell in love with John. Yeah, a lot of people do. Like twenty-seven to one. She's like, "You got to take it. He's going to win." And I took it, and it was the biggest waste of a hundred dollars ever. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Liv. Um, Timberwolves, on the other hand, they have the sexy names, right? When you look at their roster: Towns, Edwards, Russell. A name that I want to get to that you're going to bring up: Vanderbilt. This is seems like a pretty good roster in a team that's on the rise. It seems like 
despite Memphis having a great season, could the T-Wolves really shock the world and win yeah. the series? Yeah, well, the thing I really like about Memphis is they've, under Chris Finch, they've pretty much revamped their entire defense. And he's doing a great thing that Steve Kerr started doing in, in Golden State where he has, like, one floater kind of kind of play around there. And he's doing that with... Ironically, their weakest defender, which is D'Angelo Russell, he ended up being, you know, solid on defense. They have some great defenders. Patrick Beverly's fantastic as always. Like you said, Jared Vanderbilt. That's he's one of my guys that I've I think could end up on an all defensive team this year. Fantastic season from him. Towns, despite you know the the shitty playing game that he just had. Still, I've always been super high on Towns. One of the, I I said it. I've been saying it. A lot of people say it, the best shooting big man ever. Not just in the league now, the best shooting big man ever, and he had a fantastic season. Uh, Anthony Edwards is budding into a star. This team is fun. They're a fun team. Uh, this this entire series, the, the the Grizzlies are the most fun team in the league to watch. It's gonna be a fun series. To it's watch. gonna be so fun, and I think it's gonna be one of those series that the Grizzlies. I'm not locked in on picking them. I think it's gonna be kind of like you know one of those series where a lot of games come down to the wire. You know, close games. Halfway through the fourth quarter, tie game, one-point game. A lot of those games could happen in the series. I think it's going to be very close, despite how many games. It could end in five, but it could also be a five-game series with all single-digit games. Memphis minus seven in game one. I was watching that play-in game in Towns. Towns was terrible. I think he was one of seven to start, had three points at the half, finished with 11, fouled out. Shaq was going into him at half. Yeah, time. well, he does that, you know. Two, is, two Jersey big men. Is, is Towns... Who is who needs to like who's the X factor for Memphis if they want to come out and shock the world? The X factor. That's it's a weird term. I think it's Jaron Jackson because what they have there on their offense. If Jaron Jaron Jackson's a defensive player of the year finalist this year, I think he's going to end up on the ballot. He's going to be a top three guy, leading the league in blocks, one of the best rim protectors in the NBA. If he could do what he does on offense, where he hit, pops out and hits threes, I don't think the. Uh, I don't think the Tim Rules have the manpower to stop that. If he could end up averaging 15 a game for this for the Grizzlies in this series, I think the Grizzlies run away with it. Interesting. So there's value in T-Wolves. Um, we like every game to be close. I think Memphis probably comes out on top, based on the odds at least as well. They're minus 400. If you do want to go with a, with a trendy dog, maybe the T-Wolves would be your pick. That's a, it's, a fun, it's going to be a fun series, and I think the T-Wolves have a solid chance of actually winning. Right, let's go to this next series. This is probably... Maybe the best series of the first round. I can't say that, actually. There's a ton of good ones, actually. Raptors, Sixers. Oh, yeah. Sixers obviously made the big move for James Harden. Seemed like everybody pretty much anointed them at that point as legit title contenders. They probably have the the MVP on their team in Joel Embiid. Uh, Raptors went... Sorry, Sixers went 16-8 and with James Harden in the lineup. On the other hand, the Raptors, another team under the radar this year. They went 48-34. and we talked about this before. Their second half resurgence. They ended the season fifteen and four. That includes the last game of the season in which they benched everybody. So if you take that game out, they went fifteen and three in their last eighteen. This is a team that's playing well. We know they're well coached. We know they have success in the playoffs. And the odd makers will agree because the Sixers are only minus one eighty to win this series. Let's break this one down. Yeah, I think I think the Sixers are like the perennial team to just completely fuck things up. It makes if, there's, if there's one team that's a contender here that's just going to completely blow it in a series, it's totally the Sixers. They did it last year. Why can't it happen again? They did it against the Hawks. And if you look at the Sixers team, they don't have much playoff experience. Uh, Danny Green, obviously, probably the maybe the leader in that locker yeah, room. he got but, three chips. <laughs> but Joel Embiid, 
haven't hasn't had much playoff success. James Harden has kind of been notoriously known now in his NBA career for not winning playoff games. And those are your two best players. And then you go over to the other side in Toronto. They've obviously won, obviously no Kawhi anymore, but they have the coaching that was the same pretty much coaching staff that was in place when they won and a pretty similar roster. I I mean, yeah, they have four guys that are, that are still on that roster from the championship team. A lot of them obviously now older, much better, and more mature. Siakam and Van Vliet at the at the helm of that. They, they were champions, but now they're even better than they were back then. Obviously, a lot of moving pieces. No more Kawhi, no more Kyle Lowry, no more aforementioned Danny Green that was a championship on that team. But yeah, they're, they're, they're a young team that... I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, wait, this team has like four guys who are all defensive caliber players. Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, and Gary Trent may as well end up on one of those rosters this year. I think OG Ananobi is probably the best one-on-one defender in the entire NBA. Defensively, this team is extremely solid. And with the struggles we've seen with James Harden on offense, at least scoring-wise, since he's gotten to Philly, they could definitely try to shut him out. And, you know, then you only have to worry about the uh, seven foot two MVP candidate Joel Embiid, which is you know a handful to stop, but let me let me just say this: if the 76ers manage to get bumped in any fashion to the team, the the Toronto Raptors that were expected to be a playing team this year, in any fashion they lose at all in this series, Doc Rivers. Pack your bags, walk out on the streets, you're jobless. You're not yes. you're not showing up to work the next day. No one else hire you. It is an embarrassment that he's been running this team to the ground with constant playoff failures, and one more of those failures, he's done for. Let me tell sh- you, he should not return. Let me tell you who would hire him if he got fired. The right Lakers. Now. Nope. The Knicks. Oh yeah, another yeah. A a, a franchise with a noted history. And the Lakers of, too. Yeah, the Lakers, yeah. Two two franchises with recent history of, of extreme success. Vegas likes this series to go deep. Game six, if, so I'm looking here at the, the odds here. They're projecting, if, if you bet it to end in six either way or bet it to win, sorry, if you bet it to end in six or seven games plus 200, both of the favorites. So Vegas likes a long series here. Who are you picking? For Phoenix, uh, for uh, Philly and yeah, Toronto? Yeah, like to win? I'm going to be the guy. I, th- I think Toronto's going to take it. I'm going to go Toronto, too. I, th- I I want Toronto. It'd be the funniest thing. The 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 pout fest that Philly fans have had this to close out the season with the MVP race, how they're just pouting. All of a sudden, every the only people that hate advanced stats in the entire league are Philly fans. They just have a war against advanced stats because Jokic is winning the MVP race for them. If, if it'd be hilarious, it's it's always funny. You know they had it last year. Their failures. I kind of feel bad for them, but the pout fest they've had this year, it'd be hilarious to see them lose. And listen, I love. I've always loved watching Toronto. I was rooted for them so hard. Years and years of failure. Uh, they're they're just such a they're such a fun team to watch this year. They're so solid. Well they're coached. young. They're well coached. I think they have the best coach in the entire NBA with Nick Nurse. Mm-hmm. So I want to see him win. I do, too. We'll take... It seems like Vegas is, like, begging you to almost take Philly at minus 180. I'd like to see where that line moves, but as of today, Thursday, 1.59 p.m., we'll both be in the Raptors. Let's move along here. Nuggets at Warriors, another good series. Actually, it seems like the first round has some good matchups this year. Um, some injury notes, pivotal injury notes here. Steph Curry and Jamal Murray, both questionable. Oh, yeah, those two guys do matter. That's they right. They do indeed matter. Last we heard... On Curry is that Steve Kerr said the plan is for Steph to scrimmage on Thursday, so that's at some point today before deciding if he can play in Saturday's game one. And then as for Murray, Tim Connolly 
the president of basketball operations for the Nuggets, said Jamal Murray is in the red zone, meaning it's up to him whether or not he returns. Both of those guys have massive implications on this series. What are you expecting Curry and Murray to do? Murray's kind of touchy, you know. If it's if if it's truly up to Murray, which I don't really fully believe, if it's truly up to Murray, it seems like he would play at that point. It, he, he, why wouldn't he? It, it's he, you know he's a basketball player. Every basketball player wants to play, especially in the highest. You know, as, as long as his body feels correct and he, he's not like limping around, he's like, oh, I'm gonna get hurt if I play. I feel like he wants to play. I think his his. You know what it is? I I feel like it's they're kind of masking it, and they're gonna see. If they start out, you know, two games and they're up to nothing, then you know why mm-hmm. not? They have a solid chance. Throw them in there, you know, as, as a limited player. Throw them in for something. They're also missing uh, Michael Porter, which is huge. You know, if 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 there was fully healthy teams, this is like a this is like a finals matchup. This is like the is. two best teams in the league matchup. But unfortunately, it's not. Especially you know, Curry was an MVP candidate earlier in the year. Ended up going through a really rough slump in January, December, and January. If he doesn't play, seems like Steph's a lot closer than Murray to returning. Yeah, well, his injury was you know much less severe. Murray hasn't played a game this season. It was an He's ACL been... for Murray, and Curry rolled his ankle right. Yeah, when, well, uh, Curry's had a history of ankle he problems, ankle. but it seems like right now. Um, so this series opened at minus yesterday when I tweeted it. It was minus two twenty five. Now Warriors are minus two forty five. That probably implies that Curry's on. You know, closer to playing than not playing. I like Golden State to win the series, and I think Golden State has. I mean, if Curry's healthy, Golden State has a great chance to get back to the finals and win the finals. And right now, they're like nine and a half to one. It seems like there's some value in Golden State, but obviously that's contingent on Steph playing because if he doesn't play, they could easily lose this round. And also, even if he does play, it's there's no guarantee that he's going to be fully healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw him go through slumps earlier in the year. Age is affecting him. He's not really moving as nimbly as he was before. Uh, we've seen, and earlier in the year too, when he was healthy, Andrew Wiggins was playing much better than he was to close out the season. He had a really, really rough end to the season post All Star start that he had. Uh, he, he's been really rough. Draymond Green's missed significant time this season. Andre Iguodala barely showed up this season. It's it's a team that's old, and it's showing that they're old. You know, you're starting to see Clay come back a little bit, but again, another guy that missed significant time this season. You brought up a good point before we went on. You said how many minutes did the, th- the big three play together this year? Eleven. Eleven. 11 minutes total. And that's that's ignoring the fact that we missed out on that whole Jordan Poole resurgence to close out the season. The starting lineup, or the, the maybe not even the starting lineup, the, the best five-man lineup this team has, their best five players, Curry, Poole, Wiggins, Thompson, and Green, have played, have never started together. They've never played together yet. So Insane. it's what you're going to start experimenting in the playoffs against a team, against the MVP this year. So what does is, what is Kerr do? I don't know. I think I think he's probably and he loves Kevon Looney. I think he's going to start out with Kevon Looney, and their closing lineup I think is going to look more like the, that best five once they're healthy. But it's it's kind of hard. It's he has he, he's going to be put in a position where he has to play his five best players. There's that's that's the time when you do it is in the playoffs. So who's your pick to win this series? It's it's so Seems rough. Like you want to go Nuggets? It's so rough considering there's so many factors, you know, variables here. I want to pick the Nuggets. I mean, Jokic has proven himself to be not only the best, arguably the best player in the regular season, but he's his playoff performances speak for themselves too. He's, his numbers in the playoffs are somewhat absurd, you know, minus that one Lakers series in the bubble. 
He's put up insanely good numbers. I don't think anyone on this Golden State roster could stop him, despite Draymond Green being arguably the best defensive player in the league. One-on-one, no one could stop Jokic. The problem is if his team fails him, if, you know, he he has... If he's setting up a ton of open looks for his team and they're not connecting, you know, the the Nuggets are dead in the water. Andre Iguodala yesterday said the Warrior us the Warriors are a team that could either lose early or win it all, and I think that stands clear. You know, they could definitely lose the series. Let's move on here. This series, somewhat of a snooze fest. The Bulls <laughs> and the Bucks. The Bucks minus thirteen hundred to win, so yeah, they're, they're moving on. We've we found a good stat and you brought this one up again. This is why you're a man. This is why you're my NBA guy. I mean, this is this is fucking great stuff. Bulls 0 19 versus top three teams in each conference and two and twenty versus top four teams in each in the each conference. Bulls would end up still winning forty six games this year. They've been a nice, pleasant surprise. Demar Derozan's been terrific. Why have the Bulls had so much? Why have the Bulls struggled? Well, or just been not Mike, even struggled? Why have the Bulls been awful against good teams? Mike, I need to ask you something before this. They're zero and nineteen against top three teams. Do you want to guess where in the standings the Milwaukee Bucks are? Yeah, the Bull, the Bucks are the three seed. It's a sweep. It's going to be a sweep. They have no chance against the Bucks. I mean, I, I really don't see it. Once Giannis goes. goes Starts going downhill in playoff mode, which I think he's going to unlock pretty quickly. There's no one on this team on that team that's going to be able to stop him. Vucevic has has completely fallen off defense. Yeah, that ended up being a terrible deal. Oh for yeah, them. especially considering that Wendell Carter might be a better flat out player than oh, Vucevic God. now. He's going to be putting up the pretty. Oh, I'm averaging 15 and and 13, whatever he is. Regardless, he's you know a traffic cone on defense. And Giannis, pretty good offensive player, going to run through him. Yeah, Giannis, that guy, Giannis, not too bad on offense. You mentioned the Bulls started to nosedive once Caruso and Ball went out. Their defensive ratings really plummeted. Caruso obviously back, Ball not back. Do you think that's been really the reason for their downfall, or has it just been teams have kind of caught up to them? And we have another quick question to go off of that. How has Zach Levine been this year? Because his numbers look pretty good, but it seems like he's really— Well, he's kind of fallen off the rock Yes, there he was, has. There was— Earlier in the season, there there was a serious push by Bulls fans calling him the best shooting guard in the league with Harden— with Harden slumps on offense and, you know, the rest of the field being like Booker and, and Mitchell, those type of guys, they were making a serious claim for, me, for him to be the best shooting guard in the league. And recently, you know, the guy is struggling to score 20 points a game, and that's pretty much all he brings to the table is is scoring. That's, that's his main forte. DeMar DeRozan had a solid start to the year, closed it out fairly well. Just fairly well, but he was. People were calling him an MVP candidate earlier on, and now he's he, he's going to be lucky to be on the All NBA second team if that he's, he's going to end up on I the third team. He's going to be on the third. You think? I, I think there's a solid chance. Yeah, I'm a big DeRozan guy. It's fun to watch him. He's like an old school player. Still shoots that mid range. You mentioned it's a sweep here for anybody that I wants so. to take it. Plus two fifty bucks are in the sweep. Four to one Vegas has the favorite That's plus one seventy five. Sweeps plus two fifty. I think I'll uh buy maybe a unit on that one. Now let's move to the best series by far. The one everyone's eager to watch. The two seed Celtics take on the seven seed Nets. Coming into the season, you would have probably guessed that'd be the other way around. Nets obviously went on a just an awful stretch. In the middle of the season, that was when Kyrie was only playing on the road, and that was when KD got hurt, and then they traded James Harden, and they were starting like you and I at the two and the three. 
The Celtics were a team that completely flipped their season. They struggled early on, and then they really came to life in the second half. I know what you're going to say is going to be the defense. That's the reason why the Celtics had so much success, or is it also other players? Like, did other players really take a step in the right direction this well, year for them? Well, Tatum definitely took a big step offensively and is now, you know, a MVP candidate, and I use that term loosely because he might end up in the top five. He's not going to be a top. He has no chance of winning MVP, but he's an MVP quote unquote candidate, and it's doing no part to the jump on offense. You know, he's one of the best scorers in the league, one of the best defenders in the league. Now he's transformed into always a very, very, very good defender. Now he's going to probably end up on, or you know, solid chance he ends up on an all defensive team here. Their defense is so legit. It's so legit. It was number one in the league. The number one in the league, and they close out the season by far number one in the league. And it's, what 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 diff, what changes did they make? Is it is it just an effort thing? Is it some type of coaching scheme they did? Well, last year, their starting lineup isn't too much different than last because, year. Because sorry, to, you did say this. I don't know if you said this before. We on the Celtics roster is pretty much the same as it was last year. Yeah, they've made some changes. I know midway through the season they traded. Uh, Josh Richardson, Derek White for Derek White, and I, I was so big on Derek White when he was in San Antonio. I thought he was one of the best defenders in the league before he got traded. He was on my mid-season All Defensive teams, and not on the second team. He was on my first team. He was that good. And aside from that, Marcus Smart transformed into uh, a Defensive Player of the Year front runner. He's a lot of people. He's the favorite, I think, right now to win Defensive Player of the Year. Bob Williams, finally. Finally, Brad Stevens, I liked him as a coach, but finally, he moved out. Emi Adoka came in and said, why is this guy starting? Why is the best center on our team by far starting? It was kind of weird when they ran the Horford and Bob Williams lineups to start because it's two bigs, and, you know, traditionally uh, they had Tatum playing the four and Brown at the three, and they would slot another guard. They said... F what the rest of the league is doing while going small. We're going to go uber big. We're going to start Jalen Brown at the four or at the two. We're going to have Marcus Smart, who wasn't like a prototypical point guard, just go run with it with a point, and he's been fantastic as a playmaker. Tatum back at the three, Horford at the four, Bob Williams at the five, and they run kind of what I was talking about with the Timberwolves before, where they have a floater. And you would think probably the floater is like, oh, Jason Tatum could guard a lot of positions, Marcus Smart could guard all five positions, kind of, despite him being, you know, 6'2". They didn't do that. Ime Adoka said, uh, I'm going to run this gigantic leaper as the floater. He kind of stands in the corner, and he comes in to help. Bob Williams has been fantastic in that role this season. Super surprised with him. I, I thought he was going to take that leap, but I didn't think he was going to be like a perennial Defensive Player of the Year candidate leap. Now, the caveat here is Bob Williams is hurt. He is. Torn left meniscus, and the Celtics are preparing to be without him for the first-round matchup against the Nets. As for the Nets injury, we all know the big one here, Ben Simmons. There is, quotations, optimism that he could debut during the first round of the playoffs. It's according to Shams. What's the likelihood we see Ben Simmons? I think it's very unlikely we see Ben Simmons. So let's say Ben Simmons is out and Robert Williams is out. Celtics minus 145 to win. I think the public is going to be all over Brooklyn. Unfortunately, I'm part of that public. I think the Nets are going to win this series. But the odds do not make me feel comfortable at all. But why, why even right, put the odds aside. What makes you comfortable? Kevin Durant. That's it. Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That's all I need. This team, 
I'm 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 getting to the point where I'm sick and tired of hearing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Kevin Irving Durant. As, as the excuse. Do you, did you know that they this is the third year that they've had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Do you know how many times they've won a championship since then? Wait, wait, wait. No. How many times have they made it to the to the finals? Well, even that, even that. How many times they've made it to the conference finals? None. I know they haven't been healthy the first year, the second year fingernail it was away from a going. fingernail away and James Harden got hurt in that series. Kyrie got hurt regardless. I'm tired of these if this happens, then the the Nets have not won anything yet. This team has been a colossal failure this season. They barely slid into the NBA playoffs. I see, that's where I disagree. I don't know if they've been a colossal disappointment. This they season? struggled when Durant was hurt. When Durant's been on the court, they've been fine. They've been good, but they haven't been great. They have the not Celtics been great. have been great. But they haven't really, like, and, we, and you alluded to this with the Warriors, they're, they, they're, as from a rotation standpoint, Irving, Harden, and Durant only played, I believe, 16 games together this year. Yeah, and also, the playoffs don't care how many games you've played. Once the playoffs come, you start playing. You can't be like, well, we only played this X amount of games. That's the issue with the playoffs. Their chemistry is is out of sync, you know, other than Kyrie, and and it, it doesn't help that they've made trades halfway through the season to add in Andre Drummond and Steph Curry, who are both starters now. You know what I don't like? I don't like Goran Dragic playing 25 a night. I, I don't think uh, most Nets fans <laughs> like Goran Dragic playing 25 a night. So you like the Celtics? Fair to say you're taking the Celtics? I, I think, I, you know, with coaching, with defense, I think they have the advantage on both sides. Obviously, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving could both erupt. Kyrie in the play-on game, you know, went perfect. Didn't miss a single shot. He has those games where he just explodes. And, you know, he's playing, maybe he has an extra edge because he's playing a team that he's not too fond of. You oh, know, that's going to be fun when they go to Boston. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a fun. It's going to be fun to see... Uh, the the Celtics fans and they have the home court advantage too, so they have the Sunday ex- Easter Sunday three thirty. That's going to be some game. Oh yeah. So you're taking the Celtics. I don't feel confident about taking the Nets, but as of right now, I'm just gonna I'm taking KD. Like I'm taking KD in the first round of the playoffs as an underdog. Seems only right. Take KD, but are you gonna take Goran Dragic and the ghost of Blake Griffin yeah, and feel the limbs it. that are remaining on uh, Aldridge and whatever's left of Drummond? It's this team is they've had a set a big man crisis. This team is ancient. They don't have any identity other than the two guys. All they do is run isolation offense with Durant and Irving as their last resort. You cannot run that for seven games against the best isolation defense in the entire NBA, the Boston Celtics. All right, I'm gonna change my pick now. No, no, I'm not. no, no, I'm going to stick with KD, but I would like to see the way the odds move. I know I'm falling right into the trap. Now I want to get into some more bets. Uh, we went through a few thus far. That was some good stuff there. Um, man, they got you could bet literally anything. It's pretty exciting. I, my favorite, based on the odds, is the NBA Finals possible matchup. Seems like there's a ton of good value here. Bucks and Suns seems like that's the clear favorites. If someone put a gun to my head and said... What's what's going to be the finals this year? I'm going to say Bucks. Okay, up. so that's five to one, which isn't terrible value. It seems like the East is wide open, right? With Milwaukee could win it. You got the Nets. You got the Celtics. You got the Sixers. You got Miami. As for the West, it seems like it's the Suns. And if Golden State, if everything goes right, it seems like Golden State has a chance outside of those two teams. I would have maybe said Dallas is a sneaky I, pick. I I was gonna slip in Dallas uh, if Luca comes back. Dallas if, is if a they sneaky manage pick. if they manage to survive, float in the water a little bit without Luca. Well, they're not and going Lu- to. And Luca comes the back. First round. But if you were to take Dallas, I, I think, just to show you how good the odds were, if you take Dallas, and you have Dallas playing the Bucks ninety to one plus nine thousand. Listen, 
That's not horrible odds. So who are your actual picks? You said gun to your head, Bucks, Suns, five yeah, to one. I think I think the West, uh, the East has like five teams that can make it out. You, you know, like the Suns to come out though. I I'm pretty confident in the Suns coming out. So I think the Warriors. It depends. You know the the Grizzlies. I don't mean to backtrack too much, but the Grizzlies are such a good new team. They've only they're not getting the finals. They, they've only been in one playoff series. If they start to crumble in the playoffs, like a lot of young teams do, and their second round matchup, if they beat the Timberwolves, is likely going to be the uh, Warriors. You know they'll luck out maybe and they get the the Nuggets. Even then, I still think the Nuggets have a solid chance. If that's the case, the Warriors don't have that difficult of a road. I think they kind of have a two-coin flip series to get to the conference finals. And if they play Phoenix in the conference finals, again, it's another coin flip. I feel like the Golden State, like every series they get into, is like a 50-50. I agree with that. Especially if they're healthy, there's no reason why. I mean, if Curry comes back and he plays like Steph Curry, and like yeah, you said, that, that their top five guys are Probably better than Phoenix's top yeah, five guys. Yeah, they're, they're a team that, like, every they could. I wouldn't be shocked if they won or lost every single series. And that's a tough one. So, in the East, East seems wide open. Um, if not the Bucks, who do you like to come out of the East? The Celtics. The Celtics. You were high in the Celtics. I, I'm really high in the Celtics. Celtics and Suns just 9-1. to one. That that series? Not awful odds, though. That series, once the Celtics beat the Nets and the Bucks run through the So, Bulls, let's say, so if the Celtics beat the Nets, then they take on? The Bucks. The Bucks in the second round. Yes, that no, that, no that, oh, they do. That is, I think that is like the unofficial conference oh my finals. God, so who's gonna who's gonna be that sneaky team that is gonna have to play the Bucks of the Celtics? That's gonna get the easier road. It's gonna probably be Miami, right? Because if Miami wins round one, then they they play the winner of two, four, five, four, five. Raptors, Sixers. Raptors, Sixers. No, no one. I don't think anyone wants to play the Sixers. No, that's a, East is wide open. So there seems like if you're looking for futures, there's value in the East. You mentioned the Celtics are your favorite team. You mentioned the Warriors as well. Celtics Warriors finals twenty six to one, pretty good odds there. I I, I like that twenty six to one. But the favorite Bucks Suns gun to your head, Bucks Suns. I think I think we're gonna have a rematch. And you like who to win? I think we're gonna have a different result than we did last year. All right, so you like the Suns to win it all. There it is. Any last thoughts before we uh, wrap it up now? Fuck the New York Knicks. Hey, KD, can you wake up and put on some music as we go out, brother? He's not listening to me. Hey! Oh, there it is. Yeah, wake up! I don't know what you're saying. Kev is sleeping back there. Glad to know we put you to sleep. Now he's giving me the middle finger. The Maybe best KD in New York City. Shout out to my guy KD behind the glass. Phil, nice stuff. That's my NBA guy for you. That wraps up MD Fantasy. And 77 WAB podcast number one. See you next week. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. The system broken, the school's closed, the prison's open. We ain't got nothing to lose. We rolling. Huh? Rolling. With some light skinned girls and some Kelly Rollers. And this white man world, we the ones chosen. So good night, cool world. I see you in the morning. Huh? I see you in the morning. This is way too much. I need a moment. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking. I just count the hours. Stop chipping. Up. 
Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.